I, I didn't drink that much at, at Geodis because um, all their, their bar stands offer a payment plan. <laughs> From Still Mountain, Georgia, Snellville, Georgia, and East Cobb, Georgia, where at least it was free to watch us lose three. Mm. It's a little dig at Spurs. She's not happy about it. It's fine. It is the Five Takes Podcast, and we are back. We're back. Like LL Cool J on tour. What? Coming back this summer. Yeah, with uh, the Roots. Is he yeah, the it? Roots, DJ Jazzy well? Jeff. And we got Queen Latifah, Salt and Pepper, Big Boy, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Common, De La Soul. That's Man. all one tour? That's one tour? Method Man, Red Man. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, they're just mashing them all up and they're making it one uh, Taylor Swift length concert. Holy shit. Um, Dude, yeah. I know a guy. I know a guy and he's a boom operator. He went all three, all three nights? Yeah. Was it three nights? I like he so. literally Two spent like three grand on floor tickets. For this shit. I'm like Lord almighty. Wow. Uh, th- this one will be kind of this one will be kind of cool. And they're doing like all the special guests are popping up in different cities. So ah. I don't know if they'll announce ahead of time who's gonna pop up on stage or if you kind of just gotta go and it's uh it's just a bit of a surprise, but that's kind of cool. Um I did get myself Crazy, I, dude. uh tickets for um Run the Jewels coming in October over at the Eastern. That'll be a good one. Um well, I have to check this out, especially, I mean, I would think that Goody Mob would be making an appearance in Atlanta, uh, our namesake, uh, when they when he comes. So uh, that'll be end of July-ish, uh, which is also when I'm going to go see Blink-182. Yes, I did drop like $450 for really good seats to go see Blink-182. I, I would have <laughs> dropped, dropped maybe 60 bucks. Uh, like, that's literally I've, it. Like it's I've a seen punk Blink band from the nineties, worth one hundred and fifty dollars. No, and and you know you got to understand. I I bought one of their first albums in like nineteen ninety three. Okay, sure. and like yeah. I I was a fan up to maybe I got you. like ninety nine or something like that. We've talked about this before, and I don't even I actually am a convert. I like the new album. Believe it or not, it's it's catchy. It's 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 you know. It's, well, the album's not, not out yet, just the single, um, but it's good. It's good. Well, and the album, single, I yeah, think, but I think the album will be the new song will be rather, good yeah. too. Um, yeah, I, I know. I spent an inordinate amount of money on it, and yeah. Um, fortunately, I didn't have to do that uh, up in Nashville because the uh, club uh, buys our tickets for for the away games. They don't even have to offer refunds, which is just uh, crazy to their to their fans who make them suffer through terrible losses. Uh, Jennifer, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what else to say other than <sighs> I hate to use the word so spursy. I hate doing that because it just writes off Tottenham and gives them, I feel like as a club, kind of uh, an off ramp, an excuse. Oh, oh, that's just spursy, right? That's just what Spurs do. And I think fans have just become groomed to this accustomed to this expecting this no i don't even want to call it mediocrity i don't know what you call it other well, than it has its own word connotation that we have discussed at length is 
you know, has, has a myriad of applications and, and, and principles. It's the only way we cope. You, you asked earlier how we do this like every, you know, week in, week out, and it's either that or liver transplant. So (laughs) at least with Chelsea, the current iteration of, of Chelsea. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm I'm aware of my privilege. I've checked that at the door. I I have a many cabinets filled with trophies. Mm-hmm. The current iteration. At least we have gone into every match week, every game, knowing we're going to lose. We will not have false hope flung in front of our faces like Spurs do. You know you're going to lose. Those are the rules, and we play by them. You guys dangle that carrot out each and every week. There's a reason that's like the oldest trick in the book is the dangling carrot. At some this point, is Charlie Brown and Lucy yeah, with the football. At some point in time, Charlie Brown is going to hit the football and I'm going to grab that dollar that I almost got because I got progressive insurance. Right. You know, the little guy with the fisherman hook and he's like, oh, yeah. got it. you, you, you need to get all state. Oh, you need to switch to. You, you need to switch to Allstate and avoid mayhem like Tottenham. Okay. This is brutal. This is it's absolutely awful. I can't even. It, but, it, but you know what? It's something to do on Saturday and usually Sunday mornings because for whatever reason, the Premier League wants to showcase our misery every week in the United States. So we're I bet you, I, I wonder if it's one of those deals like with like Notre Dame. Did you know that, you know that Notre Dame football has uh, a deal, an exclusive deal with NBC that no matter who they're playing, no matter what day forever, they broadcast Notre Dame games. Yeah. Even if they're playing like, you know, a division one team or they're one in 10 or they're suck. What? I mean, maybe that's, that's the deal with. Oh, oh, well, you know, <sighs> I don't know. And I don't know. They're, Maybe that's how they're, they're, they're considered a big six team. So you're going to, that's where you're going to get the most viewership. So that's the only thing I can figure. And you have a matchup like Liverpool versus Tottenham. You're going to want to showcase it. I think Tottenham would crap the bet against Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But so would, so would Chelsea. Yeah. And I spent an inordinate amount of money on them as well. I've spent a couple hundred bucks on Chelsea to watch them lose when they come here in the summer. Look, Chelsea has a chance. We play Arsenal on Tuesday. We can steal something from them. If you did that, we can we can wow. absolutely have a moment. This where it's been terrible, but we stopped Arsenal from that could that could fall to us. They would really pretty much barring a massive let off from City be well and truly out of the race. And that can fall to us. We have an opportunity to do this on Tuesday, and we will do nothing with said opportunity. Nothing. Arsenal will run riot over us and take it down to the wire with City. Maybe we'll have an interesting title race, and it'll be a come down to the last day, a la yeah. um, uh, City and uh, United uh, with Aguero's goal. Maybe. That was pretty incredible. That I mean, that was... But I'm a sicko, and I'm still going to watch or listen while I'm on set on Tuesday and have my heart wow. um, broken uh, again. You so. are literally below Crystal Palace in the standings. Well aware. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I just well, I just, I haven't, you know. Never. I mean, we're still not mathematically safe from relegation. Really? Mm-hmm. 
One could hope. One could Mathematically, hope. we're not at 39. We're not. Okay. Highly yeah. unlikely. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You, you'd have but to. But to even have, hear Rebecca Lowe on a broadcast say. Just say that? Well, Chelsea uh, should be. They should be fine. <sighs> to even hear that sentence should be fine. Yeah. Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> what in the world? Um, One could hope. A girl can dream, can't she? Hey, you know what? Bring us down to the championship so we can win a trophy coming back up. Yeah. That'd be great. That's our that's our next best See, chance. You know what happened if it's either that or Spurs just continue to be terrible and we bring on Harry Kane. See, okay, never gonna, Harry Kane is never going to go play for Scum, and I'm very sorry about this. He'll go play for Man U. He'll go he play will. for City. He would not ever – I cannot see him signing with, with Chelsea, ever. Why he not, will. though? Why not? If for enough money? Because no. he'll get the same money from Man U, and he'll get the same money from City, and he's Yeah, but they're not offering. Not yet. Nobody, not nobody, nobody wanted well. him. Nobody was willing to pay $150 million for him three seasons ago when he wanted to leave more than anything man, man, in the you, world. Man you, told, man, you totally was willing to pay that three years ago. I remember all the rumors and everything. There was a whole but bunch of them. But they didn't. No, because he didn't want to go. Ultimately. He did want to go. He's the one that said, I want they, to leave. I want trophies. Got, and, then, and then they got Conti in and they talked him into well, staying. Yeah, that's true. And said, oh, things are going to be different. Surprise. They're not. They're still the same Spursy things. Yep. So that being said, what would happen if Tottenham got relegated is Tottenham would go all the way down to championship. And unlike Chelsea, Tottenham would come in second because they still couldn't win a trophy. No, they would never. <laughs> they would come up in the meekest oh. way possible. Yep. Oh, You're 100% right. You're 100% right. <laughs> because that's the Spursy way to do things. <sighs> Crazy. So the weekend that was... The, the fabulous jaunt adventure to Bachelorette Central. Yeah, Geodis Park, my first time there. Um, very nice stadium. Uh, very easy to, to find. Maybe less easy to actually access considering you have to, to climb like a, 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 a Rocky Balboa amount of, of stairs uh -huh. uh, just to get up to the, the stadium. Or there is a very long ramp uh, that you could take as well. But that thing is elevated. Um, curious as to why they decided to make it several stories up on, on top of the so, hilltop. Uh, a because the land was free, and B because uh. the land was free. And my favorite thing about Geodis Park is everything about getting in and out and navigating that stadium is beautiful as it is, and it really is a beautiful facility. If you get it a is. chance to go, great sight lines, wonderful. Yeah, really, from anywhere in the building, even up in the rafters where we were. Um, but the irony of ironies is that Geodis is a logistics company and this stadium has the absolute worst logistics of any Aww. stadium I have ever been to in my entire life. That's not good. <laughs> true. It's true. In, in what ways? There's just, no, there's no accessibility at all. There's no elevators. Everything everything to get into the park is up a giant hill and it took them two years to open up a special drop ramp for anybody who can't walk up a bunch of stairs to get that the parking changes every week based on what's going on at the speedway and what's going on at the fairground so even people that have nashville season tickets they have no idea where they're going to park next week <laughs> which is which is pretty awesome um and then you know 
uh, you know, then, then there's, uh, how much of your house mortgage do you want to spend on in stadium, uh, accoutrement, whether it's a, a hot dog or a $6 bottle of water, what are they, what, uh, uh, someone said they paid $13 for a hot dog in there. Um, yeah, the prices there are, are outrageous. You know, you're in trouble when you walk up to the stands and they offer Klarna. Like, oh my it's, god, it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. You, pay, you pay, we love you, the Swedish people. You pay the once, you pay the twice, you pay the three times, you pay the four times, and then you're done. That's a yeah, terrible it, Swedish it, accent. No, it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> <laughs> a better way to spend your money would be just go to go to Mason Mill, and it won't cost you that much. Here's the crazy thing: it will cost you less. To get and I'm not making this up to get an adjustment at Mason Mill, even with most insurances in your copay, than it will to get a hot dog and a bottle of water mm. at Geodis. Yeah, give them a call 404 321 0082. Eva or Ashley will be on the other end of the line, they will get you set up with your appointment with Dr. Cohen or Dr. Shorewood or the newest member of the team, Dr. Forrestie, which I Still hope I'm pronouncing it right. I still haven't had that conversation with him yet. I think yet. that's it. No, I, think I that's believe right. I believe that's it. But they are the best in town. They will take very good care of you, and we very much appreciate them continuing to support us and selling shirts. We sold like uh, two or four more, getting down to the end of the supply, uh, but still have enough to keep selling and keep giving away. And we will give one away tonight. Who wants to do the code word? Jennifer, Ooh. is this on you? Are you up? Yep. Yep. Oh Lord! Okay. Oh, well, no. um, you What's know, it since, it was Nashville, since it was Nashville weekend, uh, yes. I think the obvious default is tempo. I like it. It's fine. Because tempo. Tempo can afford one of our shirts. If he I just want to make it clear now. that that tempo tempo was disqualified himself. You, you, tempo, you cannot come on yeah, here. You and, cannot and have it. one. No. Actually, you know what? If he wants, if Tempo wants to run around in his in, in his outfit and wear a yeah, five take shirt, if Tempo wants to, wants to run around in Nashville in a five take yeah, shirt, you can fine. have one. But sh- you got to totally you got to send me a picture that you've done it. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your code word for this episode. It's Tempo. So hit us up on various social medias, Twitter, Instagram, or email, five takes on the five stripes at gmail.com, or find me on Facebook if you want, and you can DM me. Uh, Glenn Pison on Facebook. Um, I think that about covers it. And I'll check all the various timestamps and whoever uh, responds first with tempo, we will get you a shirt. All righty. Moving on to the match and the takes. So before we dive in, there's a couple things I want to get to concerning Pineda. And people's mm. takes on on him in general. Look, okay. when the performances aren't good, you expect people to go off on the coach. And they, people have been going off on Pineda for a while, um, especially last season. And I think I have been accused of, at times, of defending Pineda. I don't really see it that way. I see it just calling it like it is, calling it how I see it. We've been critical of him in the past. We've sure. praised him when he's gotten things right. Yeah. Uh, same thing with players. Yeah. I cool. didn't see anything this past match that he got tactically wrong. 
I got into a number of conversations with a few people um, over the past day or so about how Pineda got this wrong. And, and I, anytime that comes up and I ask the person then to clarify, well, what does that mean? What did he get wrong specifically? That would be, yeah, that would, that was literally my very first question. Or the, or the, or the personnel, what was it that he got wrong? And at that point I usually don't don't know. I no, I usually don't get a response. Of course not. It's just kind of radio silence there because because everybody wants to point fingers because it makes it easier. And that's fine. I blame someone. Totally. We should point fingers. We should. But you need to have reasons for pointing said finger. What is it specifically? And then we can have that conversation. Of course, Pineda has some responsibility. So did the players. I just didn't see anything that he got tactically wrong here. I mean, I'm pretty sure he isn't telling the players to be static when Tiago receives the ball. I'm pretty sure he didn't tell Parata to go in on a late challenge in the box on Wednesday. The players do have some responsibility. I think overall in the match, I think we did lack urgency and speed and commitment yeah. in, in, in big chunks mm-hmm. of the game. And I'm pretty sure the coach isn't saying, please go out there and lack urgency. Well, and at the, There could you know, be something and, in the locker room where he's just not inspiring or whatever, but there's some onus on the players. But, but remember, at the end of the day, Pineda isn't the one that goes out there and physically plays the matches. So the players, I feel like, have to be held to even, an even higher standard than the coach. Or, like it or has the a responsibility, but the responsibility of taking care of yourself and your own, you know, in your own, your own universe when you're out there playing has to fall on you you're you know he's not making yes. you make the challenge you know or it's just or miss the, the shot you know like come on hmm. so i we, we figured it out last night when uh we were crawling on broadway um the problem was both last two matches yeah no inspector gadget trench coat it's true uh no trench coat no win no trench coat no win well, that about does it for us tonight. We fixed all those all right, problems. Let's wrap things Appreciate up. Uh, we'll talk to everyone listening. next week. It's an undeniable fact, and I only try—I really try to deal just in facts and evidence, and that's—I think we should start considering that. In all seriousness, I think some of the criticism against him is not only unfair but unfounded. Completely. Like, there's not good reasons for it. Every, it, I'm fine with criticism against anybody, any coach, owner, player, doesn't matter. Give me the reasons and back it up. Yeah. Not just a feeling. Now, for you and the, the royal you, whoever you is out there, yes. If it is more just like the coach is ultimately responsible, right? The coach is ultimately responsible, and I'm just going to blame the coach. It's just how I feel. Okay, then at least say that much. If you don't have anything really to back up what you think he he did wrong. And to Pineda's credit, he does stand in front. And the, the press conferences he's given after some of our poorer games, which would be these last three, um, against Memphis, against Nashville, and even against Chicago, even though, I, you know, we won that, but I, I thought we played better in Nashville than we did against Chicago, and we didn't get the result we did there. He's come out and said exactly. He's been very specific. Which I'm happy for, even more than than last season. Last season, I think he really did have to be that sunshine pumper because of all the injuries. He has been very clear about what we have gotten wrong, what we got away from, what we haven't done, and what he would like to see us do to fix it. So I got to imagine he's telling these players the same things. 
And if they're not doing it, I don't know how much of that falls to the coach. I think if I had to put one knock on on him in terms of what mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, and given this the set of pieces that he has to work with, injured, not injured, yes. I think there is I would like to see more creativity and risk taking from him. Okay. I think he I think he's he's and, and, and this may be because this is his first, you know, man, you know, top, you know the buck stops with me managerial job. Like this is his first head coaching job. So I don't know how comfortable he feels, you know, resetting and reshuffling in terms of the, the card deck, the deck of cards that he's playing with and trying to go out a little bit outside of the box tactically. Like we've seen, we saw Tata do that. We saw Frank do that. Um, you know, I, Heinze, we were just not even going to talk about because he wasn't here long enough. Um, I, I've never really seen Pineda, you know, reach into his bag of tricks and be like, oh, hey, here's something you hadn't thought of before. And well, he kind of tried that. I mean, we put Parata up top as a nine. Well, that, the end. But like, you know, if you're looking at and, and I don't want to jump Chol as a 10. But see, here's the thing. Machop, Machop was playing as the 10 in preseason and they were looking at him as like your number three backup striker. And because of injuries and other situations and just, you know, Machop's work ethic, he got mm-hmm. a look in other spots than, mm-hmm. you know, where I think Pineda might've seen him playing. So, you know, not to not Machop, you know, not to, not to totally, you know, downplay, he wasn't great this weekend, but I don't know how much training time he's been getting in the spot that, you know, going into preseason, I think they thought that's where he was going to fit in, which is why mm-hmm. they gave him the start yesterday when Yorgos couldn't go. My question then is like, we don't know for sure because we're not at training and we're not in the in the dressing room with the boys watching film and going over notes and, you know, all that. I'm curious if he is trying to implement some of what you're talking about and there's just no execution on the player's end. Maybe they're not comfortable taking these risks or playing in this different style or way and he is trying to do some of that. Well, if you think That's about- what we don't know. You know, I, and I didn't watch the Memphis game because I was traveling for work. But if you think mm-hmm. about, you know, the goal, the equalizer goal in Chicago and the first goal here, which is, you know, the first take, um, mm-hmm. those are brain fart goals. Those are. They are. They are. They are. I yeah. missed an assignment. That's not coaching and that is not tactics. No, it's not. Right. That's that yeah. is the player made a mistake. Miles makes a mistake at the end of, you know, you know, where the uh, when the when they get when they got the second goal that was on Miles. You know, he was not and, in the right. And those brain farty goals or moments that you're talking about, it's not foreign to us. No, this has happened under all, a variety of coaches. That is what right? we did all last season was cough up a bunch of early brain fart goals. But it's happened to other coaches too. I, well, it's you know, no no player's perfect, so it's always going to happen. I think what I, I guess my point here is that. Hmm. I think, you know, if you set up some different, you know, when you're at that point in a match, right, and you're starting to have to chase a match like we were having to chase the match yesterday, I think, you know, what can you shift tactically for a different look, right? My thinking, you know, and and I, I was kind of saving this to get to one of the later takes, yeah. uh, you know, where, where you're going to, you know, talk about a specific player. But, like, I think there's some different creative things that he could play around with that I don't know how much risk he's willing to take. And that's, I guess, maybe, you know, a great manager is willing to roll the dice sometimes 
when he feels like they need a shakeup or when they, when he feels like, you know, the team needs a fire lit under their butts or whatever. And I haven't seen Pineda really go out and do that yet. I haven't seen him be that kind of, of like, you know, super passionate, you know, okay, this isn't working, go out there, fix this, do this. And, you know, it, yeah. At the same time, I mean, and, and this is part of our problem is we are this rhythm team that we tend to get knocked out of sorts when we're missing a couple key players and missing key players is big. I'm not saying that it's not missing goose, missing uh, Yorgos, seeing any uh, key guys is always going to be tough, but I feel like we should be able to battle through it a, a bit better. I mean, seven injuries, that's, that's different. That's a, what happened last year is a different ball game. Missing a few guys, as important as they are, we should be able to fight through it a, a little bit better. So I don't know how effective it would be to throw even more changes at a team that doesn't seem to handle change well. Well, and I, then you want to go back to, you know, where is the issue with coaching? If you're a well-coached team, you should be able to adapt as the situation dictates. Unless you just don't have the players who can adapt. Yeah, I'm going to chime in because I think that at the same time, I think that we don't have the personnel that we kind of were under the impression that I, I think that we did have. Um, I'm not saying that we don't have depth, but I do think we are are lacking in consistent, some of the consistent depth. So um, I, I do think that he rolled the dice putting Chole up front uh, because he saw something in him and he was willing to take a chance on it. I don't agree with it, it being against Nashville. Because Nashville is always hard for us. It's we've not we've consistently not done well with Nashville. Apart from the first time, the very first one. Um, so as much as I appreciate him doing that, I'm not sure that this was the right environment to take that chance. Um, but I don't necessarily agree with him taking a chance. Does that make sense? Who, yes. I mean, who else? So, You're gonna put Barry up there? That's the, he hasn't done well, any. Yeah, no. So he has, this is what I'm saying. Either. Like, but but look at what Chol. Look at where Chol has played. Like she said in the preseason, he was playing up front, but where he's been playing with us is down the right, left, right. So or at the ten. Why? Yeah. So why mess with that? Well, because it, it I think that's interesting. It was an interesting choice. Like, did they spend the entire week in training up to that point with him up front? We don't know that. Like you said. I don't so, know. Um, yeah. I, I just think because Chol's a wild card. He is that kind of player. And I think he was just trying to throw something different at Nashville. And it just, but he's still, yeah, but he's work. still, no, because he's, he's still young. He hasn't trained up front. He doesn't have any, like, right. That was the whole MLS. Plan. He doesn't have any MLS during the season games in that position. Was that the best time to do that? But yeah, Barry being the only other option, and that's where uh, that's the issue that I have with it, is that we don't have we don't just have we, that swap right. out. The problems we're we're dealing with now have largely been the problems we have always dealt with: lack of depth at striker, which is always yes. a, a tough thing to do for any team because it's just naturally just difficult to have depth at striker I, because it is such a rhythm yeah. position. I would it's also an expensive I, position. It, yep. is. And, it and is. And, and I think we know where we're spending a lot of our money. And eventually we're going to get down to that under in, in take number four. But I do. I think we're spending a lot of money in the wrong place. And 
I would like us to, I would almost like us to be in more like a three, five, two and have two up front and we don't have anybody else to put up front. It's well, literally that would be an entirely different literally way. It doesn't exist. That would be an entirely different way of playing. We'd well, I know. That, and maybe so. not, maybe not in exactly a three, five, two, but I would yeah. like to at least have a second striker so that That's if, what we need. One, is, is if one can't striker. go, the other one can. And then you can sub somebody else in up front because Miguel Barry can't be the only other person we have to play uh, as a striker. No, like, currently he is. We need someone else. Well, and, and that's the problem. Yeah. And the roster will get fixed. And Garth was, has been very transparent. Yeah. Very realistic. Gigi very honest, Very open about this season. And that at, will Gigi take has been an absolute plus absolutely yes. perfect and it fine. will get it perfect will get better fine. it's gonna take more time mm-hmm. you know he was yeah. saying three four five finish this year that's what i'm aiming for too and there's gonna be dips yeah. and we're in a dip yeah all right anyhow um we've kind of jumped around a, a few of them but yeah. going into to number one the the first goal we know especially on the road if we're giving that up getting a result very unlikely Mm-hmm. Sucks even more to give it up when you're largely in control of the match. They, they really didn't have much in terms of open play chances. I never really got the feeling it was coming. So giving a cheap goal up like that and changing the game state sucks. Because it changes it changes everything. Changes how they're able to play. Changes how we have to play and what we planned for. It all goes out the window. And it just can't happen like that, especially when maybe you know you're not playing your best. Guys, you've got to switch on at goal-scoring opportunities when there's a pause, a literal pause in the game. Get your shit together. Don't let it happen there. If they get you on a counter, a really good, well-worked team goal, I'm going to understand that a little bit better than I am conceding like this. And that early. Um, I mean, it was 30, what was it? 35 minutes in or so. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't, okay. it wasn't, it wasn't like in no. the 20th, you know, no, under 20, no, no, no. but it's still right, live, live action. I kind of felt like it was coming because, you know, one of the differences in sitting where we were sitting is like, you can really want when you're up in the, you know, rafters of the away sections that they put you in for these matches, you know, you can really kind of see, formation you can see plays develop better than what you can see ground level on tv or from where i normally am in the bends um one of the things that we noticed was that you know nashville was swarming right someone had the ball they had one to two like the, the way that nashville's defense was rotating around there was coverage on that ball instantly there was very surprisingly very little space and outlet passing uh available And, you know, Nashville, you know, to get, you know, Nashville, like we just could not keep the ball at our feet, despite what the possession numbers say, right? It didn't look like we had the ball sticking to our feet the way that, um, the way that, you know, normally things work out. So I think it it felt like that because we didn't do anything with it. Like when we had the ball, Nashville was gone, right? At goal. Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't. No. Mm-hmm. And like we just we could not get anything done out of a buildup, like nothing. Yeah, we would put like this we could not was, get to the box. Yeah. Period. This is what I was talking about with Pineda. I'm pretty sure he didn't tell the guys, "Hey, when Tiago gets the ball, just kind of stand 
watch him, look at him, see, see if he does something cool. Right, and that and that has nothing to do with Pineda. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure not. I mean, if he is, he doesn't need to be a coach. But yeah, um, I think that's probably why it it felt that way. And also missing Yorgos, which is number two. Again, I mean, any team's going to suffer when you're missing the guy whose job it is is to score the goals, and he's scoring the goals at an amazing clip. But what Cole's was an interesting player, but he's not an out-and-out striker, and I didn't expect him to be. I expected him to score something weird. Something weird happened. He's 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 that joker. He's that wild card guy. But he just didn't. And and Panetta mentioned this specifically in his post game remarks that he didn't make the same runs that Gigi does to create not only opportunities for himself, uh, himself but for space for others. He didn't make those darting runs in behind. I think he asked him to. I think he wanted him to. The player just doesn't do it. It's just not in their DNA. It's, they don't play that way. They're not the same player. Um, I, I, so, I think in the I think in the July window we are going to have to go out and get somebody a little bit more competent at that position. And I'm not trying to uh, knock on Barry. I'm not saying Barry's not working hard, but like we picked up Barry on a waiver hey, for absolutely nothing, and the guy's making league minimum. And that's you right. know, again, you know, I'd love to see him because I'm sure. you know, I'm an I love the underdog. You know, I do. I love a good underdog story. Uh, so I'd love to see him blossoming into something else, given the opportunities that he had. But you know. Don't think it's going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen with Jackson Conway. I think Jackson Conway is where he needs to be because he's going to be like, you know, a USL MLS bubble player. I think that's his ceiling. Uh, We're going, you know, clearly they went out and spent money on goalkeeper depth last year. And And it's worked out well. And that's been a a great. That's where we did get depth at. And I think you're right. Positive. So, I mean, look, to, to be fair to the position, I do think it is a little bit easier to come in as a sub as a goalkeeper than it is as a striker. Sure. Just inherently so. I'm not trying to knock either position. It is, so it might be a little bit easier to find depth there, but it doesn't matter that the problem still remains. That we must figure this out somehow, some way, some level of pay has to solve this problem. I would have loved to have seen, and I... If it was the player's decision, that's fine. The club's always going to do what the player wants, for the most part. Try to do what the player wants. I don't think Dom wanted to to stay. I think he wanted to be closer to his his family. Yeah. But, man, I would have loved to have kept Dom Dwyer. And (sighs) I can't believe I'm saying that. If for nothing else than next week to have Dom versus Joseph – and now we've got Dom <laughs> just just the alternate reality that we would all be living in just for that. But I do think he was, in our brief history, maybe one of the best backup strikers yeah. that we've no, had that you know would come I in. I 100% agree with that. And provide you something. Is he going to get a goal? I don't know. Is he going to get an assist? Is he going to create some chances? Yeah. Yeah. Prob- probably. Probably. Probably, mm-hmm. which might then lead to a good set piece opportunity, a penalty, maybe a goal, something, something. I would have loved to have card. seen us kept him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, anything. Yeah, well, Dom's going to get a yellow. Dom walks on the pitch. He's going to get a yellow. I know. We, I, I, I hope it wasn't just, uh, just a front office decision or a pay thing or something because I, I think, I think he fit in really well, and I think he's one of those rare players that almost functions better as a sub coming off the bench than mm-hmm. he does starting, or at least that was the case when he was briefly with us. So we still have to solve that problem. And it's always been a problem with this club, even when Joseph was here. Mm-hmm. Even when Joseph was here. It was. So It was, which is which I guess was kind of led to the reason why I said I wanted like a 3-5-2 for us to play that way so that we always had somebody up front that was capable of scoring goals because we haven't ever had that. Yeah, but, but it was because it was because a lot of the extra scoring was coming from the depth in the midfield. And we have that in Almada, but that's it. Because the big, giant, glaring, gaping hole that is Luis Arujo is isn't isn't doing anything. Yeah, let's skip to number four and talk about Luis because he's just not. Uh, he's not the guy. Um, he's or not, hasn't shown it. No, um, I wanted him to boring, be uh, very much so, man. Because you know he's a technically gifted player with a ball. Is it, yeah, but is it really his job to score goals? He needs to be hitting double digits this year. An out and out striker. We're looking for he's 15, not 20 an goals. Out and out striker. That's what I'm saying. No, so is he providing the assists? I'm not asking. Provide, yeah. So yes. no. So to yes. Jennifer, so to Jennifer's point, is he providing the assists and doing all the things that he's supposed is, to be doing? No, he's not. No, he, I'm sorry, but a DP in this league needs to provide goals and assists unless you are Walker Zimmerman playing for Nashville who's one of the few <laughs> defenders to and ever get a DB contract and you guys and you guys weren't because you guys weren't listening to the commentary and I was that was brought up a lot and one of the people that they think that we need to sign to a DP slot is happen. Miles Robinson and I don't think it's going to happen it won't we happen. Only, we would be only the second club in all of MLS to sign a, a defender. It to won't DC, happen because, look, we already have this gaping hole, Louise, right? Yeah. Yeah. If we, we were good so there. So what if we just move that DP slot over to, to Miles? Then we still have the same problem. I completely agree. We, that, that, that money has to be spent on that, goals and assists. And we have already assists. started to prepare for Miles leaving internationally we've already started to assume that that's going to happen anyway so that's why we're starting to try and find some more depth in the defender area i think we're doing well with that um parada has made some um glaring mistakes but i also think he is good and you know uh sosa being back and playing uh sosa was very good up and back yeah um so miles is is going to be a big missing piece but we didn't have him for most of the season last year. Was our defense missing him? Yes. But we have. Oh my God, yes. We've already seen what it's like when he's gone. So we're like, okay, we know what that looks like. Let's keep preparing for that. So no, I don't think that we're going to do that. And if we were good up front, then maybe we, we could consider that. But I don't think even if it's offered to him, I'm not sure he takes it. I, I don't. I think he. I, I don't. I think he wants to see what his options are. And it's unfortunate. And you can't blame I him. Think, I think if they could have made. I think if 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 they could have made it happen financially, they would for him and the way that he wanted. If he wanted to be here, it would be done already. 
They, yeah, they I kind of think so too. For they they offered him a contract extension last year. Yeah, he wouldn't take true. it. It's true. And it's true. the expectation was he was going to go to the World Cup. He was going to be awesome at the World Cup, and mm-hmm. we were going to sell him to Europe in the winter, mm-hmm. right after and the it World changed. Cup. And he's changed all of that. So now he's going to walk for nothing, which he's got every right to do. And he's, I don't think he'll walk for nothing. I think that he'll, he will, his contract will be up. They're not going to replace it. Yeah. No, no, no. What I mean is I do think he'll get a good offer from somebody in Europe. I think he's got some interesting things to think about. 2026 has to be on his mind and he's got to be considering, okay, where am I going to get minutes? Important, valuable Minutes. Where how right. am I going to develop about my this game? A couple weeks ago, we did. He needs whatever offers come Months through. Ago. He needs to go to a good club that's fighting for Three European years, play. Think about it. Whether that's Europa League, preferably Champions League. I don't know if he'll find that caliber of don't of club. Um, but wherever he goes, it needs to be. He's going to have to fight. For his position, I'm sure. New club, you're going to have to prove yourself like you would go anywhere unless you are just, you know, some worldie, right, who's already proven in Europe or whatever. Um, But he needs to have some assurances from whatever club it is that he's going to have meaningful minutes because 26 is huge. It's massive for him. This is every player's dream is to play for your country, let alone it's it's home. It's, it's in your country. Like, this is a big fucking deal. That's got to be weighing on him. He knows if he stays here, the job is his. The minutes mm-hmm. are his, barring some injury. He will be the guy. He's not going to get a million plus. I don't even think on a TAM deal we can make that happen. But I don't think it's about the, the money for him. I do think it's about – it's also most players dream to play in Europe. And I get that. Um, I just think he's got to be considering the the national team. In whatever whatever he decides to do, but Chris and I 100% agree with you that this club will not, and he deserves it. I want to be clear about this. He's DP level for me. Yeah, I think yeah, he's I, the best I, center back in the league, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's particularly close. Um, I do Walker, think, I suppose. I, I, yeah, you know, I, but, I, but, I don't. I, I really think if there was a way in Garber Bucks to make it work, yeah, that they would it, right? find that way to make it work. It's a matter of whether or not he wants to be here in the future, and that's the question none of us can answer. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I agree. Simply because and I think we, we have to spend the, the money on the time. If we had, if we had any inkling, if anybody had any, if if we had even any interviews with anybody. Mm. you know asking that question or if we had an insider information of somebody who knows somebody who knows miles's second cousin's brother and have any inclination as to who or what or where he wants to play then we would have something to go on because maybe the people at that that bar at the battery know maybe maybe they maybe they know what's up he reminds me and and maybe because i'm slightly biased because of they're my two teams for me he does remind me of like virgil van dyke and i think that he does have the caliber and the quality to play in europe in a premier league team i i do a little bit more maybe a little bit more uh experience but his calm and cool and collectiveness and his ability to defend yeah, I think he plays for uh, a Brentford. I think he plays for uh, Aston Villa. You know, maybe not a big six team, but I absolutely. I think, think he'd he slot into Newcastle in, really well. 
Yeah, there you go. Perfect example. Exactly. So I, I that's do, the kind I of team that would actually work Kareem. really well for him. Yeah, um, I think it that, would. That, honestly, that that type of team that, that yeah, exactly is on on the up. Yeah, mm-hmm. has history. Is going to be fighting Brighton for trophies Brighton. of some sort, domestic and or otherwise. A whole bunch of new money to spend. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, it's all going to come down to the offers that he gets. Mm-hmm. So and maybe we sign and see him sign a pre-contract in in summer. That would actually be best thing for the club, actually. So we would just know. But back to but back advance. to what we're doing. Yeah. Do we think that do you, do we think that there there is actual and an actual reality where we move Arujo out this summer? I think they could. I think if they wanted to. What you said earlier about playing a three. Uh, you said earlier about playing a three five two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I mean, this is kind of weird, but like, I look at, you know, Louise's skill set. Mm-hmm. Even a two, two, three, two would be fine. What I, what I, what I think he's capable of. And I would, this is where, you know, going back to what you were saying about Pineda, I would love to see Pineda, especially while Gigi isn't at full speed. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what Pineda could do with Louise at a false nine. Because I think right now, Louise is playing more of a connector piece when he needs to be more mm-hmm. of a scoring piece. And I think you could slot Derek Etienne in hmm. and have him and Etienne up top. Do you have Pineda's email? Because I think you should send this over because it's a fairly, in all seriousness, here's why that could work. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think Luis in this connector role that you're talking about, he really has the football mind for it. No, I think he's he more doesn't of a striker. See, I think he wants He doesn't to score. see the game in the way that mm-hmm. you need no, to because in the he, yeah, he's not he's focusing on in. oh, I need to make he's it made some really bad choices. Connecting passes. No, I think really he bad thinks choices. that people are going to play into him. Okay. Because that's well, what that, he did a lot in the preseason. If you look at it, a lot of the goals that he made in preseason were goals that he took himself from the midfield forward. So that's a very even interesting then, observation. But even then, it still presents a problem because his lack of productivity is killing yeah. us. And yeah, he's it, it a is. DP. It's, he is a So if we're just trying to find a wild card way of using yeah. a DP, yeah. that doesn't work in this league. I just in don't this know. League. No, it yeah, doesn't. I, you know, I, I mean, and again, it's like it, we, we seem to have this history of signing DP players Mm-hmm. Yes. They have all this like amazing talent. They show flashes of it, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then for whatever reason, when you finally have the cohesive unit together, and I think he su- I think Luis in particular suffers from us losing bigger, you know, like our bigger pieces. Gigi goes down, right? Mm-hmm. And it's now and, you know, we don't have the front four anymore to take that pressure off Luis and yeah, okay, fair. Double yeah. teamed and he's got no space to take his big swings. That when you've got all four pieces together up front, and I say four in the rotation between Wiley and Etienne Jr., right? Mm-hmm. You have all four of those pieces together up front. It takes a tremendous amount of pressure off what he's able to do and the space that he has to work with it. So again. It is the situation that we find ourselves in, but I don't feel like he's at the same level of failure that PT was. And I don't think he's at the same level of failure that really? Selena Moreno was. No. No, because really? that's interesting. You know with, 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 with Pity, with PT, it was all in his head. He could never 
get out of his head that he was supposed to be this guy. And I think you can see that demonstrably with how PT literally parked a bus at Vine City for balls that he threw up there. Right? That's 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 being too tightly. That's that's pulling a bowstring. Oh, okay. Right? That's being mentally tight, physically tight. That's how it translates. It's overhitting. That's in pretty much any sport. You over-rotate, you overthrow a ball, you mm-hmm. over-kick a field goal. That is what, you know, that's tightness and mental stress that you can't find your way out of. No, right? and if you mm. think, of, if you go back and listen to every single, every single podcast that we did where I mentioned Pity, it's, be, it, it's I, that's exactly the, the, the same observation that I had, which was the guy cannot get out of his own head and play and enjoy himself on the field. We oh. never saw him fucking smile. He just and never had a good time. Oh, come I on, think, unless he scored. Well, yeah, I, think I, see, go back to, I see Luis being more down. I see Luis being more miserable. And well, down, I've drawn and doing several, the I have drawn several comparisons. I have drawn several comparisons to Luis and Pity over the, over the last two seasons. I have, and I don't think that I'm wrong. I think that he is more dynamic than Pity. I will say that. But I think Moreno had more impact more positive impact than Luis did, but it still wasn't good enough. I can sort of, even though it's still a a little bit of opinion, but I can back it up and make it more of a fact that, that PT was more successful. We got our money. PT was more successful successful than than Luis. We're going to get our money. We got our money for PT. We will not get it for Luis. We will not. We will take a loss okay. on him. Yeah, if you want to look at it that way. Sure. We I, will. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that. We, I don't know that we would. I think I, it really depends. I think it really depends on the market. I think it like and the hmm. reason. The only reason we got our money back on PT is because he went to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, true. That's and true. they overpaid it's not for like, It's not like a not European like, you know, club bought yeah. him out. Yeah, it's not right. like that. I understand. Well, maybe well, I don't we gotta, know. hopefully we I, I gotta hopefully, hope that the market's still open in the I hope Darren Neal's left that phone number on the desk. I hope. <laughs> well, you know, I unfortunately, hope. PT did his ACL this year, so yeah. there probably is a market in Saudi Arabia for a guy that can kick the ball to the Marta station. But maybe um, we, maybe Louis should look into that because it's it's not happening. He's skilled, he's brilliant in moments. Yeah. But we need more than moments. I, I, I just I think he needs this I think he needs a Dr. Sharon. I think he needs Dr. Sharon in the worst way possible. You know, please, because he is such a beautiful player to watch. He has got such incredible accuracy with some of his, you know, longer line passes. You look at the ones that Almeida is making, PT is making them. He has some very solid vision out there. I don't know what the block is with the scoring. I don't know where the hesitation is coming from because he's not just putting the ball on frame. He's waiting and he's waiting too long, forcing an overhit, or he's giving the ball up to somebody you else. Know, yeah. You joke about Dr. Sharon or whoever. I, I it's wonder, not a joke. But no, <laughs> I do. I wonder. I don't know if the club actually yeah. works with a sports psychologist. I don't know if we actually do that. Assume, and I, think it I would, would assume be that at least it's an option. I don't know. I don't know if we ever have. If we've it's twenty twenty three, mental health is a thing. It's not as much of a thing in America as I would like it to be, for fuck's sake. But Jesus Christ, I mean, I don't know if the club retains that on staff. Players may seek this out on their own. I'm sure many do. 
but I don't know if that's something that the club actually retains itself. I'm curious. I, I think I think more that my, my gut would be that it's, you know, a player by player decision that there are resources available to the player, but they're not going to, you know, the mm. way that you know mm. they wouldn't make everybody go in and sit down every week or every other week with somebody if they didn't feel like they needed to. Well, Luis, if you're listening, hit Jennifer up. She'll talk you through it. All right. Number three, Tiago. Yeah, talk about somebody who um, is having a positive impact. Look, that, that, that penalty was one of the coldest that I've ever seen. Given the state of where the game was and the frustration that everyone was feeling, fans and players, I thought for sure he's going top bins with this. An unsavable hit. A rocket. Rip the net off. No. No. Kept it on the ground. Cool as you like. Rolled it past him. Froze him. Wasn't even hit particularly hard. Didn't need to be. No. This and Joe Willis just stood there. Stood he there and watched it, man. Stood there. I'm telling you. His kid, jaw on the floor like, what did I just see? Kid, kid's got it all. His, his ability to dribble out of trouble. How many times did he do that? Dribble himself out of trouble and then hit 50-yard diagonals. Oh, oh die. my God. It's, yeah. Otherworldly, the frustrating part of it yesterday was nobody was making really incisive runs to be on the other end of his glory, <laughs> to, to, to do something, to unlock something. He was ready, key in hand, mm-hmm. to unlock, and nobody's running for the door. I'm going to chalk yesterday up to us playing backward. Mm. And, 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 and like, 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 I don't like, again, something else I noticed because I know where you're going. Every play that I see, like literally for like three quarters of the game, you know, it was facing the other way from where we needed to go. You cannot get the ball forward you know, by swiveling around 300, you know, yeah, our best, feet. our best player on the entire pitch yesterday was playing behind the midfield line. Most of the time when he received the ball and that is um, not forward enough. That's not going to work. It's what we saw a lot of last year. Mm-hmm. It's just a stop and momentum. Get the ball. Yeah. Is the counter on? No, no. why not? I don't know. Well, everybody, when, when when the ball is at Tiago's feet, everyone else, like you said earlier, everyone else is just standing around watching him with it. No one's making the runs. No one's, there's no movement. There's no forward passing. There's no, there's no foresight. There's no, nobody's thinking about, okay, well, once Tiago gets it, what are, where am I going to go? Nashville They're just tra- watching him with it. Nashville had trapped on Lennon. They couldn't get Lennon the ball for crossing, right? But That's Wiley true. was over there by himself. And he's waving around like this yeah, for the whole time. And nobody's, and they, and nobody's never, seeing it. And they were only looking to go. This is, you know, you want to talk about something a coach can fix? Fix the lack of vision. Sure. Tell your okay. players to look for their options and look for them faster. Because they clearly weren't doing that yesterday. And Stop then, ball watching. Stop Tiago watching. Well, and then so then they're facing backwards because they have to get this perfect, perfect build-up play going, right? It has to mm, go mm. long. No, you've got to work within the game state that you have. Mm, yeah, that's that's a really good note there about just, and I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit as far as the players waiting for that. Look, we got to build it up this way. Got to wait for this kind of person. Yeah. yeah, that feels right. No, it's it's in the moment. It's improvisation. 
it's sensing an opportunity right then and there. Maybe it's not the exact same passing drill. Y'all did Marietta earlier in the week, but this is where it's at and it's on right now. So let's try this. Yeah. And I think some mm. of that, whether we like mm. it or not, is it just comes down to maybe it just comes down to knowledge and skill. You know, these are not, you know, I, I don't like to think, I hate to think that MLS is considered a, it's like the middle school of soccer. You know what I mean? Like we're not high school players. We're not college players or professional players that, that MLS is looked at as like a middle school team or some sort of, you know, when it comes to the level. Cause I've just, I was just watching some of the, some of the premier league games. And it's just like, God, these players are just, they're just otherworldly. Compared I don't need otherworldly though, but I do need an emphasis on. But I'm just the saying, ball. I'm just saying that sometimes it's just not the the level of skill is just not at that same level you that we sometimes need, see. You need you need total comfort in order to be creative, and sure. you have a lot of players on this roster. I think that still may or may not feel stable or secure, mm-hmm. or you know whether or not. But or it's bizarre told, because we saw they, it. Have, well, we you see it. Yeah, in how does it change? How does it change Start of the so season. dramatically week to week? Mm-hmm. But like, so that's what I'm saying. Like this, the problem is consistency, right? The problem 100 is consistency. You get flashes here and there. You don't get any. You know, you don't get any consistency. The only thing consistent is we push the ball around too much, and we don't actually do anything with our possession. I thought we were pretty consistent over the first. I mean, the first game we didn't think was that great, uh, but then the next four were pretty good and pretty yeah. consistent. Now we've dropped off again, and we're kind of reverting back to old habits, which is a little concerning. Well, I think that's where you, you know, you really do mourn the loss of Goose because what Goose does, beside, you know, we can say he's lost, you know, however many steps, and he's not a good penalty saver or whatever. But what Goose is great at is organization. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, very um, much so. He's, and that's he's something kind of that we've a, been missing since. Lorenowitz retired and since Parky retired. Yep. 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 Um, I I, I got it. Hold on. I got an answer for you. I got an answer for you. Uh, 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 According to uh, the AJC, uh, Atlanta United President Garth Lagerway will answer a question posed by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution each week about the team, MLS or soccer in general. This week's question. The first team has a psychologist. How does that person work with young players to handle the mental ups and downs of professional soccer? Answer. We consider the mental health aspect of, uh, sorry, we consider the mental aspect of player health just as important as the physical side and have supplemented our support in player performance by the addition of a mental health coach. We are continuing to build this out, but, but, but have now implemented it into our overall curriculum after gradually building these practices with our first team over the last two years. These practices are far ranging in nature, but deal with the mental preparation that comes with a variety of scenarios, such as setting expectations and standards of the team and individual dealing with the pressures of certain moments or with the natural successes and failures that come with being a professional athlete. Well, so, I'm really happy to hear that. Yep. Yeah. Gotta love that. That mm-hmm. we actually have somebody on staff and we're not mm-hmm. just sending them with vouchers to betterhelp.com. That's great. And that was March 24th, 2023. So that is a current state. And it sounds that's like great. it's a relatively new thing. It does. Garth and I think that's a, I, I want to say things. that's a Garth thing. No, 100%. That's that gotta be. Mm-hmm. Analytics. Mm-hmm. 
stats like and, and I he think knows he's what he's fucking a, talking a lot of good about ideas. man we know this of course. that's why he's, we were so happy from, to see him here he builds winning cultures wherever this man goes yep. rso exactly seattle it will take time here and that's what i think we can end with on number five it's just a little bit just a little bit of perspective the sky is not falling no yes there's been a dip mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks undeniable Mm-hmm. Pineda has said as much. Mm-hmm. I think Garth would say anyone, any observer of the team, inside or out, would say this. Mm-hmm. And that is normal in any season. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Considering where we're coming from, it also, I think, has to be expected. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence that this drop-off coincides with some significant injuries, not least of which being Goose. Yes. Team just plays differently when he's part of it. That being said, injuries are also part of a season, and they will happen. Seems to happen a lot with us. So we're going to have to find a way to put in better performances in spite of them, which we had been doing, and I mentioned that last week against Chicago. We got the result. It's it's going to start catching up with us, though, yes, a will. bit if we start like getting a little bit down now but again it's it's gonna take time and garth has been very transparent about this and has said as much that this is a process i think if fans are anyone out right now pineda whoever whoever you want to say hashtag out right now um i think you were then expecting us to come in this season and be world beaters and if that's your level of expectation you are going to be disappointed because that's not going to happen. Yeah, uh-huh. We're not going to win MLS Cup this season. Mm-hmm. I, I think we should be competing, and Garth does too. Mm-hmm. He was saying fourth, fifth place, home playoff match. That's mm-hmm. a little bit different now because of how the playoffs work. Yeah. But competing. And, yeah, it's it's disappointing that we're already out of one competition very early. So there goes a chance at a trophy. And, honestly, the – embarrassingly early. I don't know if I want to say easiest but most direct route to Champions League US Open Cup you got to play the least amount of games to get it true League's Cup's gonna be a lot harder than US Open Cup I promise <laughs> you I promise you it will be um and MLS is a grind and winning the cup is is hard mm-hmm. um so that's that's enormously disappointing to to be out of that but I, I do think we will be competing this year. I do see enough positive changes in trends, whether it's mental health, uh, good new signings like Yorgos, and just a recognition from, from Garth, from everybody, about what's not working and being open about that and, and realizing it. Because then if they're talking about this, then we can have some assurance that, okay, they're not oblivious to what the problems are. Of course not. It just takes time and you got to work within the weird schedule and framework of MLS to fix things. You can't just go out in the market right now and just fix it all at once. It's a process. It will take time. Right. Um, it's like, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, who the reporter asked this past weekend, um, team that got knocked out of the NBA uh, playoffs, mm-hmm. do you consider this season a failure? Mm-hmm. No, it's not a failure. We work towards. Something. Oh, and that was and that was a very uh, astute and well, well thought speech. By the way, that was very eloquent yeah. and. We we really work towards that. something. It's not a failure. I don't watch it's basketball. Not a failure. So In this season, 
And this season for Atlanta United, however it ends, won't be a failure. It's a process. It's working towards a goal. And along the the road to success is Bumps. like some, some letdowns, yes. some disappointments, I mean, some frustrations. Be, it could be so much worse. We could have had to wait 15 years for promotion out of the cellar. Right? That is a very good point. <laughs> or you could just be in in in. Sp- Purgatory. You, uh, you and we could just be SKC right now. We could be SKC right now. I'm not standing My for Lord. any more of your Spursy insults. Uh, so you thought maybe since they got their win over a low league team in the U.S. Open Cup that they'd come in this weekend and do something? Nope. And they didn't. They lost to Montreal, who is dealing with an Atlanta United amount of injuries. And they still couldn't beat them at home. And insult to injury, Johnny Russell scored in like the 90 plus seventh minute Mm -hmm. and chalked off to offside. Couldn't even get a consolation goal. Yeah. That club, those players, those fans are hurting. The interview that Johnny Russell gave is just brutal. He just comes out and he says, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where to begin. At least he's. To at least fix he's this. honest. I don't know what to do. At least it's honest. And he's just crestfallen. Yeah. And we ain't there. No. I see enough things no. to oh, God, be, no. to be happy about. And one of the things that I'm ironically happy about is the recognition of what's not working, right now in these past couple of weeks. Nobody's yep. papering over anything. Yeah. Nobody's denying anything and just saying. Uh, you know, uh, Greg Vanny style, no, no, or no, I'm sorry, Peter Vermee style. Uh, no game is a must win. Only championships are a must win. That that's a man who's just not being honest with himself, with the press, with the fans. We don't have that here. They they have no wins. They have um they three points and they, they, they have three goals. they have. Three goals in MLS. Six goals in all competitions. Like, I again, you know, for all that we're going to sit here and it really does about, not get worse than no, that. No, no, it could be, it could be a lot worse. It could They're be not worse. taking, and I, I mean, I'm not around the club every day. None of us are, so we don't, you know, have the exact beat on it, but it doesn't appear that they're taking any steps to, to fix, to address to make progress of any sort and communicate with the fans, hey, this is where we're at, but this is where we're going. This is how we kind of plan to get there. Mm-hmm. We we have that here. And maybe we hadn't had that so much in the past couple of years where we just kind of felt a little adrift and we weren't sure like how we were going to fix it. And we weren't really sure if the front office realized what we're seeing in the problem. I think that's, that's also, you know, something that we are, you know, pretty lucky to have here is, you know, going back to the level of media coverage that we get. um, I think we have a relatively, you know, a a reasonable amount of uh, transparency coming from the front Mm -hmm. office side of, and, you know, the amount of information that we're able to. And a lot of that comes from the media and holding them to account. Yep. Yep. And whether or not you like everybody in the media or you feel like everybody in the media that we have, does at least we have it because there are so many other places I'd rather that have it. don't have any of it. So I'd rather have Felipe drop a bomb. Even if I don't agree with all the reporting he does or all the reporting that anyone does, the fact that the club is covered, 
that the front office knows that it matters to the city, to the fans, mm-hmm. and that you have eyes on you. It's really important because otherwise you can just do what SKC is doing and just piddle. Just <laughs> what are you going to what? What's the matter? It doesn't feel like there's any urgency there. No, nobody cares. You're, you're talking, yeah, no, and nobody, and nobody cares, right? That's the worst part in all of this. It's like your house just burnt down, and nobody cares. Yeah, it's, it's terrible because the club has it has a history, and I, I don't know what's gone wrong there. I do think Peter Vermees. I mean, he's a legend there. I think he's a good coach. I, I don't know. Um, and and it's thank awful. God, thank for- God we're not that. It's awful for the cauldron folks. They're really, really nice people. So it's awful, you know. it's awful for for anyone. Um, that's a that's a tough, tough thing to go through. All right. Well, man, that's ending on things on a down note. Can I um, end them on a better? Can I end them on a better note? Sure. Do yeah. Okay. Please. So, just want to you know, mad snaps to everybody that made the trip up to Nashville this weekend. Uh, This is my favorite away of the season, and it is comparatively cool to go to an away soccer city and a city that gets as much tourism business as Nashville. And everywhere you go, you see somebody in United Colors in some capacity. There was nowhere I went this whole weekend, and we went to a lot of places that I did not see people that I didn't know sporting United colors. And I think that's just, it's phenomenal for the region. It's phenomenal for both of the teams. And really Nashville has a very cool thing going on culture wise uh, with their, with their soccer, with, with their soccer club. Like they do some really, really neat stuff. And I, you know, I tip, I tip my hat to them and also want to thank the lovely folks at the back line and especially mixtape six one five for putting on some great supporter events this weekend. And for everybody that showed up and made those happen, we can't wait for y'all to come down here August 26th uh, and return the favor and do round two of the world's second largest outdoor cocktail party. (laughs) It was a full on Bucky's takeover (laughs) traveling up to Nashville. Credit to him. I agree with you. And I think I'm probably not alone in saying this. Nashville has Nashville has has been more than I think we thought they were going to be, mm-hmm. both on the sporting and the culture side of things. That this has this has grown into something more. Th- and, and you know, people said the same thing about Atlanta. Yeah, soccer was coming here, Twelvins of the world, um, and look what it's done. Look how well it's done here. Look what it's done for the city. Look what it's done for for people's lives. Um, you know, my life is <laughs> massively impacted for the better because yeah. of this club, and I see Nashville having that same level of impact on 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 the city and people's lives, and just the memories you make, the relationships, and the friends you make, all, all of it. You know, and it's it's come off better than than I thought it it would. I wasn't sure how how well soccer would be received. Uh, in that city and uh it's great and the, and the stadium is great even if um yeah even if you do have to take out a personal loan to get a beer so i need to <laughs> sort that out a bit more um yeah because you just max out your credit card going there it's, it was tough uh but a good experience a good stadium a beautiful sight lines you like jennifer was saying you can get a really cool tactical view 
of the whole pitch and watch plays develop. It's a very interesting experience and one you don't really get at, at the Benz no. or, or anywhere else I've been to. That's one of the better stadiums. I'd put Cincinnati up there too, also similar. All right, y'all. Um, well, thank you very much for, for listening. This one went um, longer than I anticipated it, it, it going. We try and do this every time. We try and shorten it up, and it always just ends up longer. Just <laughs> hey, filled with amazing got, content, though. We're, we're, we're almost end. at an hour and a half. We literally, it is a 30-minute podcast. We have 30 yeah. minutes each. That's what it is. All right, y'all. Well, we'll be back. Oh, boy. Next weekend. Oh, by Next the way, weekend, we're not for, trimming it down. It'll be the full on. Oh no, that's, this is the full. This is the full. The full Miami, full, uh, Miami, Monty. But I would like to say I am mm. going to the Charlotte match. I talked to. We worked some things some out tonight. I'm finally oh, going to get to a freaking match this season. Uh, uh-huh. Charlotte. Excellent. Yeah, my wife's feeling better. Uh, we don't have anything planned for that day. I will be there. It's my Charlotte is my old city. I have to go to some sort of rivalry game. I had to pick one out. This is the that's the one I'm gonna do. Um, this it's just crazy to me though. I just have to say that it is crazy to me that in 2018 I only missed two home games and I was pregnant. In that time, I have not been to a game yet this season, and I didn't go to the opening match for the first time in the entire tenure. And uh, it just, you know, things just are what they are. So I will be there. Everyone else better be too. Cool. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, Maybe I'm less excited for this weekend just because we're not on the best run of form, and Miami did get a win yesterday, and Campania got a brace. Um. We'll see what happens. Joseph still hasn't been starting, but I think um, you think they might Neville, make an exception. I think Neville would be crazy. I think Neville would get fired faster than he's already gonna get fired well, if he doesn't start Joseph against him. I think you, you have to. You have to, even if he's not in good form. I think you kind of have to. But you think tactically, does it make sense though? Because no, no you're just doing it. Correct. Yeah, you're going to ride the emotional high. There's no way around it. So we'll be back next week, and we'll talk about the hat trick that Joseph puts on us. It'll be great. Oh, stop it, you evil man. Wow. Do we know, by the way, is Gigi coming back? Have have we heard? Is he going to play? Or is he still injured? He's dead today. Yeah, he's he's dead dead today. He's dead today. Uh, we can only hope because I have to assume because I have to assume that Pineda and the front office and everybody else also understands that same amount of significance of having a Miami now a Joseph contained Miami coming to it's going to be huge yeah it's going to be emotion filled it's look at Miami and they're if they sat Gigi this week, knowing what they had to deal with next week, I wouldn't be mad at that. No, I, and I and I tend to agree. Could be part of it. No, and I and, but I also it. think too that Miami is more winnable and Charlotte's more Agreed. winnable. So if you're going to sit, if you're going to sit anybody on a game that we knew was going to be tough, and you tactically made some decisions to see Agreed. what might happen, as much as I may not have disagreed, I may not have agreed with them. If that was the tactic going in, because I'll give up a loss on one game to surely win two. So if that's there's there's some points. If it ends to up be working had. out that way, then we'll see. There's some points to be had against Miami. Yeah. There really, there really yeah. is. And if we're able to get all three, mm-hmm. y'all, that will be eight points mm-hmm. 
on the road.、Mm -hmm. We already have five, which is more than we had in the entirety of last season. <laughs> which is just mind-blowing. The sky is not falling.、That. This、no. club is okay.、Mm -hmm. The team is good. We do have some issues that need to be addressed. They are, unlike Sporting KC, addressable. Yeah. We can fix these,、yeah. and we do have some plans in place no, to I think fix them. Very,、uh, we are not at the point of point. not knowing what to do. That's right. That's a, that,、so that's we'll、a very、right. good way to end it. We'll be, we'll be all right, and the hat trick will still be very painful. Stop it. I hate you. I hate your face. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back next week for that. I think it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday night kick, right? The yeah, 7 30 kick. Yeah, 7 30 kick. Cool. All right. Well, we'll be back on Sunday at our same recording time. Till then, y'all be good. We will be back. Meow.